What is up, guys? Welcome to Talk Flagler Weekly News Update. I'm your host, uh, Chris Gollin, the uh, cultural and political writer for AskFlagler.com. Uh, today's episode, we got a lot of great news stories. And at the end of the episode, we have an interview with the newly elected mayor of Palm Coast, David Alvin. So stay tuned for that. The uh, first story is the latest uh, COVID-19 statistics in Flagler County. Uh, we're definitely seeing a little bit of an uptick in cases. As I'm sure many of you know, the Delta variant is here. It is real. It is leading to infections and hospitalizations. Advent Health Palm Coast is currently in a code black. They are receiving uh, an overwhelming number of cases of COVID there to the point where it's actually affecting their ability to treat non-COVID cases. And they're starting to de- decrease how much they're doing elective procedures Um that are not essential. So they're definitely getting hit pretty hard with this. Again, we're seeing some historic case numbers here in Flagler County. As of the most recent estimates, the seven day average in Flagler is uh, 96 cases, which is uh, certainly quite high. It is, let's see here if I can verify, it is the highest seven day average since the start of the pandemic. So even though vaccinations have been given out in good numbers. We're over 50% vaccinated as a county. We are seeing the highest seven-day average cases in the whole thing. And uh, it is currently at 96. Back in June, we were at negative seven, which uh, means we were losing cases on the seven-day average. Certainly, we were stepping in the right direction. But now with this new variant, and we're also kind of plateauing in terms of people getting the vaccine, anyone who uh, wants a vaccine has pretty much had the opportunity to get it. There's starting to be a little bit of fatigue with masks. The uh, usage is definitely lower than it was earlier in the pandemic, and that's certainly contributing. But of course, the science is clear. Go get the vaccine if you have not already. Uh, they are safe. They are effective. And they uh, you might still catch COVID while you have one, as we are seeing breakthrough cases happen. But of course, they keep it from being life-threatening in the overwhelming majority of situations. And that is as factual as it gets. Speaking of COVID-19 news, uh, Palm Coast City Councilman Victor Barbosa posted to Facebook um, recently that he was admitted to the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville battling COVID-19 and pneumonia. Uh, Barbosa was, he was admitted, he said he was doing okay when he posted it, but that he had been in for three days. Uh, Barbosa did not speculate on where he had contracted COVID-19, but he was at a, uh, a watch party for the election results with the Allen Lowe campaign in the general range of time where he might have gotten it. Certainly, Barbosa is not speculating that this is when he caught the virus, but other news outlets have certainly drawn that connection and uh, wondered about people who were at the party. Hopefully, no one else was, uh, was given the disease in that same situation. But uh, it's been quite the last six months for the councilman. He was also in a car accident back in March. He was in a T-bone collision here in Palm Coast. So certainly hoping for the best for the councilman and a uh, speedy recovery so we can get back on the bench of the Palm Coast City Council. 
And uh, speaking of the Palm Coast City Council, uh, this past Tuesday, uh, new mayor David Alphen was officially sworn in. He won the July 27th election by a healthy margin, and uh, he the results were confirmed by the elections office, and Alphen was officially admitted in that past meeting. He was sworn in with his wife, Tammy, and daughter, Melanie, by his side. And uh, after that, he took the uh, mayor's chair and proceed, presided over his first few issues as mayor. And uh, a lot of people were looking forward to having a five-man bench back. Certainly, we've, we've been down to four since uh, Mayor Melissa Holland resigned earlier this year. We had to wait a little bit longer to get to five because, unfortunately, Councilman Barbosa is in the hospital. But uh, so Alfin took the chair his uh, first agenda item was, in fact, a presentation on the current COVID-19 situation in Flagler County, in which the council learned about the uh, statistics in the county, how we're doing, how we're faring with the Delta variant. Alfin and fellow council members encouraged residents to get the shot, to wear a mask, and to social distance if appropriate. Also at that meeting, a couple major issues came up for Alfin. The first one was the... Uh, on the agenda was whether or not to approve rezoning of 10.85 give or take acres from high intensity commercial designation to multifamily residential designation. And that was um, developers are applying to build, to develop multifamily housing on the area. And uh, the application to rezone them was ultimately passed three to one Barbosa, of course, was not voting and he was not virtually attending the meeting either. So it was a four-man bench again. The uh, the votes approving the rezoning were newly elected Mayor Alfin and Councilman Ed Danko and Nick Klufus. Eddie Branchino, who just recently stepped down from the seat of interim mayor and back into the seat of Councilman and Vice Mayor, was the lone dissenting vote on the matter. The other really major issue that came up in that meeting was the millage rate. As many of you know, this was a pushback from a previous meeting in which they had attempted to come to some agreement on what the maximum millage rate would be in Palm Coast. With the four-man council uh, at the time, there ended up being deadlock and no one proposition of where to set the rate ended up getting the needed three votes to pass. So um, the issue was... It had to be resolved before August 4th. Otherwise, the state legislature would automatically select the rollback rate, which would have been a decrease on the maximum millage rate. So the council in the August 3rd meeting, it was their last chance to pick it up and come to a decision. And ultimately, they did. They did come to a vote to have the maximum millage rate remain the same. The millage rate has been 4.6989 each fiscal year since 2019. This is going to be the fourth year having that rate. And it ultimately did pass unanimously. Now, keep in mind, this is not going to be a tax rate increase because it is the same maximum rate. And also it is a maximum rate, which means that that is the highest that the city can go on the millage rate, which is a property tax in case you didn't know. And uh, they can set it lower if that ends up being the case. Um, Since property values have been going up in Palm Coast, the same millage rate could theoretically end up 
having a, a property owner pay more in taxes. It would be the same rate of their property value, but obviously if the value increased, then the amount would go a little bit up. So those were the the two major issues other than Alf and swearing in at that meeting. And uh, stay tuned, of course, because David is going to talk about both of those issues in this interview on this episode. But for now, some other news is um, Governor Ron DeSantis has seen his approval rating decrease uh, a little bit in recent in a recent survey. The poll was conducted of 3,952 likely Florida voters with a margin of error at 1.6%. So even with a relatively low percentage of the state population, generally this is in the neighborhood of a generally reliable poll for reflecting public opinion. The uh, There were five questions on the poll. Of course, one of them was, do you approve of the job Ron DeSantis is doing as governor? In that question, 43.7% said they approved of DeSantis's job performance. 48.5% said they did not. Unsure accounted for 7.9%. There were some other uh, important questions on that survey, namely uh, the same question for President Joe Biden, in which Biden said 58, sorry, 48.8% approved of his job performance, 45.7% did not, and 5.6% were unsure. Both Biden and DeSantis are now polling below 50% approval rating for the state of Florida, but uh, Biden is Let's see, 5.1% higher than DeSantis, both of them below 50%, though. Also asked, uh, when schools start classes later this month in Florida, do you think that masks should be required for all children? 62.0%, 62 even, said they supported uh, a mask mandate in schools. 31.9% said they did not. And 6.1% were unsure. They also asked about theoretical 2022 governor election scenarios, who they would vote for. The two frontrunners in the Democratic field at the moment are former Governor Charlie Crist and sitting Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed. Each of these matchups against Ron DeSantis were ran by the respondents to the poll. In DeSantis's matchup with Crist, he was trailing by 2%. Crist was winning with 45.3%. DeSantis at 43.8%. Undecided accounted for 10.8%. In the race against Nikki Freed, DeSantis fared a little bit better. He had a 45.1% showing against Freed's 41.8% with 13.1% undecided. Now, of course, in polls forecasting elections, uh, it is very hard to do that accurately. Certainly in 2018, we had a lot of polls showing Andrew Gillum up over Uh, eventual winner Ron DeSantis. And it was an incredibly close race, but that did not end up being the outcome. So always take these polls with a grain of salt, but that is indeed what they did report. Moving on to the culture section of the news, Mad Dogs Flag Football is a popular youth league based out of Palm Coast, and they have announced their board for the 2001 and 22 season. The league has been around since 2018 And currently, they offer um, a chance to play football for kids aged 5 to 15. It is non-contact flag football. So it's a great way for kids to learn the fundamentals of the game without risking their health so early in life. And uh, of note, on the board, you have President Jared Maxwell, Vice President Anthony Petlett, Treasurer Cecilia Contreras, and Director of Development Michael Schotty. This new board announcement also sees the league taking a bit more active of a role collaborating with the local high schools. 
the head coaches of each of the major high schools, Robert Paxia of FBC football and Matt Forrest of Matanzas football are both on the board as high school liaisons, potentially giving kids the opportunity to meet their would-be high school coaches if they decide to pursue football into high school. In the crime and sheriff portion of the news, uh, there was a very um, uncomfortable news story out of uh, the Flagler County Sheriff's Office, but certainly thankful for our deputies who arrested a Palm Coast therapist who was um, accused of making inappropriate contact with a juvenile patient under his counseling services. The gentleman's name was Robert Beatty. I might hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Robert Beatty was um, an arrest warrant was granted on August 3rd for a suspect who uh, was accused of molesting a juvenile. He, the, um, he had been providing services to the juvenile for over the last five months. And the sheriff's office received a, port, a report from the juvenile who disclosed to them what had happened at those meetings. At the, sorry, at the most recent meeting is what the report said. And so the Flagler County Sheriff's Office uh, was able to work in conjunction with the Daytona Police Department, the Daytona Beach Police Department, and they were able to take Beatty into custody. Sheriff Rick Staley said, quote, Staley said, quote, this was a remarkable joint effort between our major case unit detectives and Daytona Beach Police Department to get this guy off the street. I want to thank the, the detectives for their tireless efforts to bring justice to this victim and her family. This disgusting pervert is now in jail where he belongs and can no longer prey on children. I applaud the victim for speaking out and hope she gains some closure with his arrest. Certainly grateful for our Flagler County Sheriff's Office and the neighboring Daytona Beach Police Department for making this arrest. And of course, very unsettling to see the story, but good to see that our law enforcement is on top of things like this. That'll wrap up the weekly news update for this episode. Stay tuned for my interview with newly sworn in mayor of Palm Coast, David Alfin. David, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, it's good to be here. Nice to see you, Chris. Absolutely. So first question, pretty easy one. You are three days at the time of recording into your mayorship. How's it feeling so far? So 70, 72 hours in counting against three and a half years of a special term with uh, grand hopes of uh, filling uh, two additional terms. Uh, the original plan and my goal, all things considered, all things um working out and the residents uh, support this uh, this mayoral uh, seat could be filled for 11 and a half years. I'm not sure uh, many of your listeners are aware of that. Right. But to answer your question, the first several days have been frenetic. They have been energizing, motivating, and I will say inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um there's a lot to do. There's a very steep learning curve because a special election doesn't afford a successful candidate a very long timeline to get acclimated and to go through the startup procedures of becoming um, a, a, a mayor, a sitting mayor. Um, the time between the um, election and the seating, the installation was literally a week. Uh, 
So a lot to be done in a week. But more importantly, once the job started, you know, getting around to every department in the city at the moment in time when the budget is coming to its conclusion, obviously bodes uh, a lot of, uh, of effort. But every single member of staff of the city, of the department heads, has stepped forward with open arms. They have sighed a great sense of relief. They have expressed a spirited sense of hopefulness and have bent over backwards to offer me every possible bit of information, insight, assistance, and help to make my uh, entry into the mayor's office um, as 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 good as it could possibly be. That's great. And one of the uh, one of the big priorities that every candidate in the race is putting at the forefront was uh, looking for a new long term city manager. So I know it's only been three days, and I know there's only so much you can do with the sunshine laws prohibiting you from conferring with the other councilmen on it. But are there any updates so far? Are you starting to look at some potential candidates? So in terms of priorities, and I mentioned it just a minute ago, the first pro- the first and foremost priority is the budget. Mm-hmm. The budget has to be in place, and there's a lot of work to do on the budget, or else nothing else can go forward. Mm-hmm. So as important as the city manager position is for the long term, the budget preparation and finalization and approval takes precedence. Mm -hmm. So we actually have a city workshop coming up on uh, Tuesday and there'll be no discussion about city manager yet Mm -hmm. until we get through the next phase of budget development. Um, Right now, but importantly that will in short order become the most important thing that we as uh, uh, um, city um, council people will do mm-hmm. is to to identify a, a a manager. So there's a two step process in my mind, and you were absolutely right before. None of this has been discussed amongst city council members yet because it's not been a part of a public publicly noticed meeting yet. Mm-hmm. It will come on an agenda, and then we will be able to speak in the light of of sunshine. But in my mind going in, there are two, two, two phases to uh, a search of any kind and not just a city manager, any kind of an executive search, which I've been involved with, you know, all levels of searches in my past career. I sat on uh, our superintendent's uh, search for the school district uh, years ago when Jacob Oliva was appointed. Mm-hmm. I sat on the search committee for our most recent uh, uh, Chamber of Commerce executive. So I'm no stranger to the process. What I have learned over the years is that the hardest part of the search is really not finding the candidate, Mm -hmm. believe it or not. The harder part of the search is for the organization, in in this case, the city council, to come to a consensus, to collaborate and to come to a consensus on what are the qualities of a city manager that we most want for our city of Palm Coast. Sounds easy, but I'm sure that each of the city uh, council people will have a different set of, of 
attributes, of, of qualities, of traits that they will be looking for. So it will be up to us as a full council to develop this list, this profile, if you will, of what we would like to see in a city manager. Phase two becomes identifying that person outside and let it, and seeing how closely they match the qualities that we're looking for. That becomes the interview process. Mm-hmm. But by then, you already have a blueprint of who you're looking for. Now it's really just a matter of who most closely matches your blueprint. Right. So again, two steps. And there is some time involved because I can't tell you how long it will take the city city council to to come to an agreement on on this blueprint and then the search itself, which we will allow some amount of time. I mean, there are precedents. Sometimes it takes, uh, you know, you know, 90 days, sometimes perhaps longer. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a process. And I don't think you can accelerate the process. Um, You know, if you get lucky, maybe somebody comes to the doorway and, and, and everybody is, is, is okay with that. Mm-hmm. That's probably not the, the way it's likely to roll. It's not I mean, the that's, norm. That's the lotto. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll see. Right. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up the budget a minute ago also, because um, you've said you're in the process of going through line by line to identify areas to maybe trim it down, uh, tighten the belt. As has been so I don't look at it quite that way. So I have, you know, served as treasurer of a, a number of different uh, organizations here in Palm Coast over the years. I've been treasurer of the Education Foundation, of the Flagler County Association of Realtors, of the Women's Council of Realtors, of uh, uh, a number of uh, organizations, and served on the finance committees and investment committees of, of many organizations here. So I really understand how the budget process needs to work. And it's not really about going in and looking where you can cut things out. Mm-hmm. It's really a, a more positive process of going line by line to justify the ask from each department on why you need this or that or, 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 or those kind of things. Right. Now, that's, diff- that's a different look than cutting. Mm-hmm. Cutting means reducing services. Mm-hmm. Probably. That's not what I want to do. I want to make sure that all of the services, public safety, utilities, all of the primary services that every resident of Palm Coast cares about the most are intact. Mm-hmm. I will not consider reducing any of the primary services because that is the foundation of our quality of life. Mm-hmm of the lifestyle that we all love here. And we're not changing that. That's why people are here. That's why more people are coming here. When you get past that, now you start looking and trying to justify each additional line item expense. Now, remember, we're not just looking at expense side. We're also looking at the revenue side because there's every possibility perhaps to to increase revenue streams or perhaps add additional revenue streams. Mm-hmm. And that has the same net effect as, you know, taking away expense. So there's a process. Um, and, you know, it, it's not it's not the love of many, but it's something that I enjoy doing. I have a very limited amount of time to do it. 
Our next workshop, I said, is coming up Tuesday. So I have a couple of days. So my weekend is shot at looking at yeah. nothing but budget. And that'll be uh, tomorrow at the time this episode airs. We publish the episodes every Monday. I'll be deep and into so. the books looking at the line items of the budget when this thing airs. There you go. So um, at the previous council meeting, um, the two big points of discussion, other than your swearing in, were the decisions made by the council on the multifamily housing and the millage rate. And there's been a lot of discourse on social media and just surrounding those decisions. Some people debating what those decisions imply for the community. And so I was wondering from your, in your words, from your perspective, what do each of those decisions mean for the community and um, why you voted the way, oops, sorry, about to drop my phone, why you voted the way that you did on those two issues. So I'll start with, I forget the order that we, we, we discussed them. Um, I think uh, that the housing came up first, if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't remember. Um, truth and millage is really the, the item that had been before city council already. Right. So this is, this is the more interesting one, I think. And here's why, at least more interesting from my standpoint, having been my first evening uh, as mayor. Mm-hmm. So your listeners may not be aware, but that was the deadline. That evening at midnight was the legislated deadline for us to agree and to transmit our truth in, 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 uh, in millage rate to the property appraiser, in essence, to the state. Mm-hmm. We did not have the luxury of waiting until the next day or any other day. It had to be that night. So the pressure was on as much as it possibly could be. Mm-hmm. There was no ending leaving or walking away from that meeting. It's kind of like the leadoff hitter comes up with bases loaded. But even worse, mm-hmm. because if we were not able to come to an agreement, the legislature automatically rolls back the millage rate. Mm-hmm. In the rollback, which we've talked about. So the right. millage rate would be, would be rolled back so that the residents would not pay a penny more despite the increased um, uh, property value property values than they had in the prior period. Mm-hmm. Now, that may, at the end of the day, be a great solution. But coming in for me and having been in the seat for an hour, perhaps, maybe an hour and 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. I think one of the analogies I either thought about or perhaps I used was, so if I were a a workman and I had a set of tools with me and I was going to a job, I would want to have my toolbox as full of as many tools as I possibly could have. I would not want to begin taking some tools out of the toolbox before I got to the job site, Mm -hmm. because I don't know what's ahead of me. I don't know what's ahead of me as I dive into the budget. I consider the the trim a cap, a tool, so that I now have as much flexibility as I possibly can to look through the budget. I'm not forced to make bad decisions because I'm hamstrung with a limited cap on the trim. Mm-hmm. So all my only point was I have no desire to have people pay a penny more than they absolutely have to. But by capping the trim rate at the last rate that we've been using for the last four years, I have the maximum amount of flexibility. So I either have the sharpest tool or the largest assortment of tools to work with. 
Okay. Now, the second uh, item that we talked about was the um, the request for rezoning. Mm-hmm. So the group did present a concept. However, that concept doesn't get approved until a future date when they bring forward a site plan. All that was really agreed on that evening or voted on was a change in zoning. So there was a piece of property um, that had been zoned years ago for apartment type dwellings. And the developer wanted to add another piece of property with use another, another piece of property that was contiguous to increase the total acreage of the project and have the same zoning. So they would be building the same apartment style dwellings on a larger piece. I think it's 20 acres of, of total um, uh, land area, mm-hmm. 10 of which is we consider, I guess, upland and, 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 and buildable, the rest being protected. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, uh, the presentation was done very professionally. It was easy to follow. Um, and for me, I'm very much a history buff. And I have spent a lot of time over the last 10 years reading as much history about our city and county as has been written. So it was interesting for me to learn that evening that the project's theme focused around the uh, Old King's Road um, uh, original path, path or land that dates back, you know, centuries Mm-hmm. And the group is uh, is wanting to, you know, retain that and make that open to the public. I thought that's very interesting. People don't realize that Old Kings Road here in the city of Palm Coast or in Flagler County, you know, goes way back. It predates the English and the Spanish and 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 the formation of the country. It wow. literally goes back to prehistoric times. So emphasis on old. An emphasis on old. It goes back to prehistoric times. When, you know, perhaps it was dinosaurs or, or, or whatever, were using it as a path. They were migrating for food sources going up or north and down. So it was an animal path before it became a human path. Then Indians, natu- uh, uh, indigenous uh, uh, people came, used that pathway. The Spanish came and used the pathway. It was the English that actually turned it from a path into an actual road mm-hmm. for transportation. But if you think for a minute on how many stories over how many centuries happened along that road or as a result of that road is fascinating. I mean, I like that. It's like somebody could certainly write uh, all kinds of novels. Maybe Chris, you'll write novels about that story someday. Maybe. I never knew that. There you go. That's incredibly interesting. Wow. So speaking of, of turning back the clock, I love when I get a good segue like that. So your, your first foray into public office was last year when you ran for city council. That was the District 2 seat. It wound up going to Victor Barbosa. I was wondering, in retrospect, in hindsight now, are you sort of glad that you did end up having this door open to run for mayor? Well, I mean, I, I think we've said this. I think I said this uh, shortly after I was sworn in. So the last time I looked, this was my quote, that my vote is one vote, which is exactly the same as everybody else's vote on the uh, city council. So in terms of um, um, ability or effect on the present and future of the city, it really has no bearing. Um, I did tell you just a moment ago that I have been a student um, and I have spent a great deal of time 
studying in preparation for this since I uh, became a resident of the city of Palm Coast. Mm -hmm. So I'm very pleased that things worked out the way they did because I am very passionate about promoting our city to the world. Um, I truly believe that the city of Palm Coast can be the very best city in the very best county in the best state. And that is a mantra for me that gives me that energy to make sure that as many people here and outside of here know that. So this affords me the opportunity uh, being the uh, the mayor of the city of Palm Coast. I got to say, though, I'm from San Diego initially. And isn't I think that's our like our tagline is like the finest city in America. So so I uh, at one time um, lived, competition there. lived out uh, in L.A. and uh, the Santa Monica area. Okay. I definitely have spent time in San Diego. It's a little boring. I mean, the temperature stays oh. the same. The weather stays the same. So I'll take the East Coast of Florida Anytime. And I'll tell you something else. So you didn't have in San Diego, San Diego, you didn't have the uh, the closest um, um, I-95 ramp to the Atlantic Ocean. Right. That is true. It was considerably further from the Atlantic Ocean. Exactly. You didn't reside in a county that at one time was the biggest uh, potato producer in the country with the potato chip contract. Beating Idaho. Absolutely. Wow. Look it up. So we have lots of cool stuff here. You're just not aware of it, but, but no, no, just for fun. So San Diego is lovely. Um, I lived on the West coast. I've lived on the East coast and uh, you know, I'm glad we're on one of the two coasts. The the center of the country is, is not a flavor for me. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just like I was saying, getting ready to go on vacation out in, in Colorado. It's like, it's the idea of not having the ocean all that close by is like weird to me. I, the ocean is energizing. I mean, you know, from, from listen, from a from a municipality standpoint, I mean, obviously, real estate values and quality of life are so interconnected with the proximity to uh, to the ocean mm-hmm. and all of those things. Um, I really appreciate that. But you know, there are, there are beautiful attractions, uh, you know, throughout the country. But I'll, I'm happy right where we are. I mean, I chose to be here, so I picked it. So I picked it because of all of these reasons. And if I'm not mistaken, once you kind of get a little bit toward the north end of town, like the Malacampra area, isn't that Palm Coast on the beach? So mistaken, that's not Flagler Beach anymore. No, so right? correct. That's unincorporated Flagler. So oh, the okay. city of Palm Coast does not extend east of the Intracoastal Waterway. Okay. So the barrier island, you might call it, would be either the city of Flagler Beach. Beverly Beach, or when you get up higher, you call it the the, the hammock. Mm-hmm. That would be part of unincorporated uh, Flagler, oh, okay. which is a nice segue. So how important is that? So I can tell you right off the bat that I am, and, and I think you, you're witness to this as well, I am already collaborating with county commissioners, mm-hmm. with, the, um, with the other municipalities, because just because I'm the mayor of the city of Palm Coast, I fully realized that every one of my my residents, our residents, go to the beach. They go to other parts of the county. So people are not restricted by municipal lines, city lines, county lines. So it behooves us to work together to make this. And I never say the best city. I say the best city in the best county in the best state. Mm-hmm. So 
I absolutely will work very closely with all components of the county because that's the way local government should work and, and, and all to the benefit of the residents that live here. Mm-hmm. And that was one point that was, um, I think in the campaign is um, Cornelia Manfred did a good job touching on it is preventing like recurrent recurring services between two like the county government and the city government. And there's like, if they're all kind of working harmoniously, you know, you can idealize each government's potential to bring. So overlapping services, there can be tremendous economies of scale. So you may not be aware of this, but so the, uh, the county has a fire department and the city of Palm coast has a fire department. However, there are overlapping services. So there are county fire personnel residing inside of city of Palm coast fire stations because Mm -hmm. they bring an asset. um, And in exchange, the city provides service. So we are working hand in hand together. That's one small example. There can be many, many others. And normally you accomplish that through what we would call interlocal agreements. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, the, at the end of the day, the citizens will benefit from those kind of collaborative efforts. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So one one last big thing I, I want to touch on is um, in the upcoming meeting, which will be tomorrow, if you're listening to this, the day it comes out, is um, that it's going to be talked about in the meeting, a, uh, the improving the bicycle pedestrian facility, facilities in Palm Coast. So that will be on the uh, on the agenda for the meeting. You're talking about Tuesday. Yes. Yes. It's okay. upcoming one. So I'm not what, familiar with the item. What is it? The, it is. I can pull up the exact wording if you need, but I, I paraphrased it in my notes. It's it's basically a bike path. It's going to address the bike pedestrian path. Yes. Paths yes. in Palm Coast. Okay. So, yes. I think so, it's relatively vaguely written. Just yeah, so you yeah, can really look yeah. at the issue. So I here's so here's the background that I'm aware of. Remember, uh, 36 hours in here. Mm-hmm. Um, I attended a neighborhood uh, meeting. Um, scheduled by the city, by city staff. I think it was on Cimarron Drive Wednesday evening. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was uh, conducted at the uh, community center, and I think I didn't count the people. I guess there were a hundred people there. Wow. Um, the neighborhood of Cimarron Drive, and then the other feeder streets there came to that meeting. The TPO made a presentation. City staff made a presentation, and a lot of it had to do with the difficulty residents have remaining safe when they pedestrians and, and, and bicyclists along Cimarron drive, because it's a, you know, it's a, a relatively narrow road that has no, I don't want to use the right of way, but it has no bike path. It has no sidewalk. Mm -hmm. So there really is, and it has swales on either side. There's really little place for a pedestrian or a bicyclist to, to safely commute when there is, you know, car traffic and truck traffic, especially because it's a narrow, narrow road. It was brought up at the meeting that Cimarron Drive has some unique qualities, but is not unique. There are actually, which is the reason you saw the agenda, 50 miles, 50 miles of roadway throughout the city of Palm Coast that have an issue with a limited safety right of way or pathway to be used by pedestrians or people on bicycles. So it's a major topic of discussion because there is no easy solution. There definitely is no inexpensive solution. 
So not only does it cost money, but the problem solving gets very complex because you do have rights of ways, you have different easements, you have people's driveways, you have swales of different angles. The list of considerations is very, very long. And all of that needs to be considered before the city can even go out to look for funding sources. How are we gonna pay for whatever it is that we're going to do? After you have found some funding sources, then you have to conduct a study because there's a lot of data that will help you determine what it is you can or can't do. All of that will boil down to a price tag. Then your funding source comes into play and then you begin the project. Project could take six months, could take two years. Mm -hmm. People say government is slow. It's not really slow, but there are so many factors involved and some of them must precede others. There's an orderly timeline that goes along with this. So it's a complicated project. It just is. Now, we could thumb our noses and blame ITT for laying it out badly, and, and perhaps they did. But they're not here, and we are, and we have to move forward. So I will be very attentive. I, I'm sure there will be significant public comment um, at the next workshop. Um, but it certainly will get the attention of our city council. Um, so I will be have my ears open to hear the different recommendations that staff can make. All right. Very good. And that'll be, let's like, say, at the meeting tomorrow. I'm sure it's not going to be a short discussion on the agenda. And uh, so, yeah, any of our listeners, if you hear this before the meeting Tuesday, it's going to be a 9 a.m. meeting, correct? It's a morning meeting. The workshop. It's a morning yes, meeting. Correct. So if, you're uh -huh. able, if you're able to make it, you can come. You're offered the right to give public comment if you have any burning thoughts on the matter. And, and as a as, as your newly elected mayor, I will always encourage you to come forward to make com public comment or just to come forward to listen. Our government will only work as well as as the residents and uh, interact with the government. I mean, the government is here to serve the residents. So we look forward to to your participation in every step of the way. All right. And uh, guys, our listeners, this has been David Alfin, the mayor of Palm Coast. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up the interview? No, I'd just like to thank everyone that's listening. And uh, one of the comments I always make is the, the COVID epidemic pandemic is very serious. There are three things you can do. And I look forward and I ask you to pick one or two or all three. We have vaccinations. You can get them. We have masks, you can wear them. You can social distance and you can wash your hands and do all the cleanup that you need. Pick one or pick all, but pick something and be proactive. Protect your family, protect your neighbor, protect your community, protect your neighborhood. It's really up to each of us now to make that decision to get through this thing together. Absolutely agreed. David Alvin, Mayor of Palm Coast, thank you so much for coming on the show. A pleasure.